Hey, I'm Natalie Abbott. And I'm Vera Schmitz. We are sisters who host the Dwell Differently podcast. We help you memorize and meditate on one Bible verse every month. And all month long on our podcast, we talk about what that verse means, why it matters, and how we can apply that verse to our daily lives. Well, welcome back to the Dwell Podcast. It's your host, Natalie Abbott. And guys, the verse that we are memorizing and meditating on is just phenomenal. I am so, so excited to keep talking about this. If you didn't listen to last week's episode, that was our teaching episode. We would have really kind of dug into the concepts in this verse and and where it's at and where it's situated in scripture and why it matters and who's talking about it. What does it say about God? But this week, we have a special guest who is on with us, and she is going to help us really kind of pull it apart in terms of like, how, why does it matter? How does this apply to our lives? So the verse I'm talking about is from Romans 15, 13, and it says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Okay, so that's a long verse that we're memorizing, and there's a whole bunch of stuff in there, but we are going to just keep pulling it apart today and really diving into what does it mean that God is the God of hope? How do we trust in Him? How do we overflow with this hope by the power of the Holy Spirit? So that's what we're talking about. And Courtney Doctor is on the episode with me today. Welcome, Courtney. Well, thanks for having me. I am so excited to just have you with us. And Courtney is a speaker and an author, and she co-leads the Gospel Coalition's women's, what would you say? Initiatives. That's Initiatives. Our, that's our technical yes. phrase. Yeah. <laughs> I exactly. wanted to say department, and I was like, that's not it. I know. I should have written it down, right? <laughs> I like department, though. I don't know. That's, yes, yeah. the women's department. It's like, you know, you go to Macy's. Where's the women's department? <laughs> oh, there's Courtney. She's there <laughs> with Melissa. So she and Melissa Kruger, uh, Melissa Kruger was actually on in June. No, May. She was on in May. So if you guys Mm want to hear more from our TGC Women's Ladies, that would be a great episode to listen to. But welcome, Courtney. I am so excited about talking about this first. But before we get started, uh, for those of our listeners who don't know much about you, who are you? Tell us about yourself. It's always it's always hard to know where to start, right? Uh, so I it's always in relationship to other people. So I am married to Craig. Um, we've been married for thirty three years. We have four adult children, and the joy of our lives right now is that we have five grandchildren. Um, they are pretty fun. So my grandmother' name is Cece, and I'm very adamant that that is with just two consonants. There are no vowels in it at all. So just the two letters CC. So that's pretty fun. Uh, we have a dog that we love. His name's Walter. I I work for the Gospel Coalition. I write. I just had a study on Romans come out with Lifeway. Yes. Um, which is fun. Our oldest or our youngest daughter just asked me recently, she said, Mom, what are your hobbies? And I was like, What what are my hobbies? You know, do I even have any? So I decided that my main hobby is hanging out. Uh, hanging out with people, hanging out on the front porch swing, hanging out um, over coffee. I think that's my, that's my main hobby, but, um, we just moved to North Georgia. So we're getting settled here and, and learning what it looks like to live with 
lots of very tall pine trees. I'm, I'm from Kansas, so trees are a new thing for sure, but we love it here. Oh, you're from Kansas. I grew up in Kansas. I, mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, what part of Kansas? Wichita. Wichita. Okay, so yeah, I spent- the Yeah, yeah. I lived in Kansas um, when I was in high school and when I was like in grade school, middle school for like Where? two different times. You're never going to have heard of it. Iola, Kansas. Oh, I've heard of Iola, Kansas. Have sure. you? Oh my gosh. Yeah, you like know, 6, you're from Kansas. People. You kind of know. <laughs> I mean, let's let's acknowledge I was from the big city of Wichita. Right, right, right. Uh, but yes, absolutely. I know Iola. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. I showed horses. And so, you know, we went to all oh. the little towns yeah. around. Yeah. Well, we had a pretty, pretty awesome fair that, you know, every summer. Yes. So, <laughs> um, you know, who knows? Maybe yeah. when I was a little girl, I was watching uh-huh. you show your horses because I would go like the horse part was the coolest part, obviously. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Maybe we met. Oh, that's crazy. I, love I that. know. Uh, okay. <laughs> so working for the Gospel Coalition, tell me what is the most exciting thing that you get to do? And I know it's not showing horses, so. (laughs) I don't know. That's pretty fun. But, Uh you know, I think, and it sounds like I'm trying to be super spiritual and I'm really not. Uh, Melissa and I talked about this just at the conference. It's kind of like, can you believe we get to do this? And so I'm sitting at my desk right now. I'm, I'm looking out my window, but across my desk, I mean, I wish I could show it to you. You know, I've got, a Bible open here and I've got some commentaries and some resources and, you Mm. know, literally I get to spend my days, um, digging into God's word and prayerfully by the spirit, hopefully like gleaning truths that, that then I get to share and, and teach to others in the hopes that we would all understand his word more. And a few years ago, I was, I was walking in the neighborhood and have you seen those um, tree mulchers that they hook behind like a oh yeah, yeah. truck and, mm-hmm. and they, they just sort of do a service in a neighborhood where if you've cut down some branches or whatever, they'll mulch it for you. And the mulch comes out the other side and it's these little bitty pieces that are usable, right? You can use them in your mm-hmm. garden and, and all of that. And I thought, you know what? I think that's like, I think that's what I am. I think I'm a tree mulcher. I think that <laughs> I do. I, and it's I such a that. privilege. Like, I think I get huh. to take some of these bigger chunks, you know, that, that study or, you know, I went to seminary. And so some of those tools that I've been given, like I can use to take some of these bigger chunks and try and break them down into something just a little bit, you know, more usable, maybe helpful. And so, yeah. so yeah, I think I'm a tree mulcher and it's such a privilege. <laughs> I love that image. I want to be a tree mulcher. Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> I, actually, in some ways, I feel like that's what Dwell is because uh-huh. we, we are really taking just one verse, like a very bite-sized mm-hmm. piece of something that you can – like uh, one of the things that I would say is that Dwell is like the Twitter of Bible study. It's just one little short thing, you know, and we do all these, you know, podcasts, whatever, right, devotionals and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But honestly, like you're really only talking about one verse mm-hmm. in a month, like in mm-hmm. a whole month. Like what what are you even going to talk about in a whole month? No, but that like you get to just sit in it and oh, soak so and good. like let it like this mm-hmm. verse is one of those, the ones we're going to be talking about, the one we're going to be talking about. It's one of those that it's like it keeps sinking further and further down. And so yeah. I love yeah. that you provide that space to say no, really, and that your name, you know, dwell, like dwell in this, abide in this, remain in this. Like, yeah. it's so beautiful and so necessary. So yeah. Twitter without 
all the ugliness. That yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess it has kind of some negative connotations, but the Christian it's Twitter. Place. It's a mean place in social media. Uh, Go to yeah. Instagram. So much more fun. It's so much nicer. And there's beautiful pictures yes. and tutorials, <laughs> all the things. Um, yeah. No, I just think of it as like, it. it's just a simple, easy thing that you can grab onto. But mm-hmm. I love that idea of being a tree mulcher. I mean, it's such a privilege, like, right. It makes something that it is, it just makes it more usable. And I'm just, what a privilege. It just, I will never get over the, the joy of that. And may mm-hmm. I never get over the joy of that. Yeah. Amen. That's awesome. Okay. So I want to, I want to start digging into our verse because I just, I, there's so much in here and I can't wait to, to really like grapple with all of it. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to say it again for those of mm-hmm. you who don't know it. Um, it is may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And again, that's from Romans 15, 13. So the one thing that I feel like is like a hinge point of this verse is that as you trust in him, that idea of trust um, and 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 I, I just think that that's where I want to start with is that idea of trust. And and what does this verse tell us about God's intention for those who trust in him? Hmm. So even before the the means by which the this happens, right, which is mm-hmm. as you trust in me, as you trust, like that's our part in it. There's so much in this that God is doing, like right. hope belongs to him. He's the one that's filling. He's the one It's by the power of the Holy Spirit. But there's this, there's also as you trust, like as you believe. And so, right. so this idea that he's like calling us to trust him, trust me, trust me, you know, more and mm-hmm. more. And as you do, these things are going to literally overflow in you, this joy, this peace, this hope. And, and so all these words of abundance, he's like, I'm going to fill you right to overflowing with all, not just a little bit, but with, with all of these things, all joy, all peace. And, and, um, and all of these words are communicating this abundance of these things. And I just think, I mean, yes, please. Like I need those things and I don't need them in scarcity. I need them in abundance. I need to be filled um, mm. to overflowing with these things. And so, so his intention, I think, is that it would be abundantly in us. Our hope would overflow and abound. Our, our joy and our peace would, would over, uh, you know, would abound and overflow. But those things are going to happen as we trust like in him. So he, he's been very clear. He's the God of hope. He's the source of hope. Like it's where hope resides. Um, and he's the one filling us up, but then we're called to participate by believing him and by, by trusting him. Mm, That is so good. It's almost like we, we need that experiential part, that component of being filled, having peace. But it, it comes at this I wouldn't say cost, but this obedience of faithfulness, of putting mm-hmm. our trust in him, of actively pursuing him. And then when we do, you know, it's just like we we know this, right? We know that when we are seeking the Lord, when we are sitting at his feet, like this is what we're going to come away with mm-hmm. is this peace and this joy. Um, mm-hmm. So there's this relationship between trusting in God and experiencing joy exactly. and peace. But I would love to know, like, 
for you, Courtney, how do you experience that? How, how have you found this to be true in your own life? Oh gosh, in so many ways, right? I mean, I've gone through seasons where I've lacked all of these things, hope, joy, peace. Um, and it's what you were just saying. It's relational. There's this relational component mm-hmm. to it. And so as I press into the Lord, as I actively believe him, take him at his word, as I actively sit in his word and sit in his presence and then rest in his presence, we also can ask him like to cultivate these things in us, pour it out for us, Lord, like you're the God of hope. And so, so fill me like this is a benediction, but it's also a prayer. Mm -hmm. Um, And Mm -hmm. so we can, we can turn it into like, I'm going to ask this of you. And that these things that he's giving are not the hope, the joy, and the peace are not separate from him. They're part of him. He's the God of hope. So he's actually giving us himself. And so Mm. to press into our relationship with him, you know, this isn't like I have to kind of conjure up this thing on my own. Um, it's, It's based in relationship to to him. It's, it's who he is. And it's something he gives us as a byproduct of spending time with him and knowing him. Mm. Yeah. Isn't it funny how, like, if we know this, <laughs> we still like, it's, I mean, how forgetful are, like, there are times when I'm looking at the people of Israel and I'm like, why are they so forgetful? Like, didn't they just see that? Didn't, didn't that miracle just no. happen? And yet they're, you're there complaining again. And I think that there are times when I am despondent or despairing mm. and I'm like, God, where, when are you going to show up? And it's like, well, when am I going to show up? <laughs> I know, right? I love that. I love that. You know, I think I think my knee-jerk mm-hmm. reaction when I'm in a hard circumstance is to kind of want to wallow, mm-hmm. you know, but and, and wallowing I think is is a normal human response, but like how long am I going to sit in that before I turn to the Lord and trust him and say, I need you to okay. fill me. You know, I need you to, to, to do okay. these things for me. Cause I can't do it myself. Yeah. yeah. And that's definitely going on in this verse. There's that, you know, that mm-hmm. tension between this is all of God, but we have agency in it. You know, it's that, that mystery of divine sovereignty and human responsibility. And I think they're both at play yeah. in this verse. Yeah. Um, God's the one that's going to do it and he's going to do it as you trust him. And, oh, you're not going to trust him or believe him except by the power of the Holy Spirit. So there's this, <laughs> you know, it, it's, uh, I, Don Carson calls, um, calls this type of thing, this grace driven effort, right? We have to make the effort, but we don't make the effort apart from grace. And so it's, it's cyclical and our little brains have a hard time holding it in tension, but God clearly doesn't have a hard time holding that yeah. intention. Um, he can call us to both at the same time. So that's really helpful, um, Courtney, because I feel like sometimes when we, you know, when we come up against these things that are like, you know, trust in him or, mm-hmm. you know, do this or that. I at least sometimes tend to, especially when I'm like writing about it, I'm like, I don't want to be a heretic here. And I don't want to say that somehow I'm, we're earning our salvation or whatever. But at the same time, you're right. Like we have this human responsibility, this agency Mm -hmm. that we, um, that God has given us and calls us to use to seek him and to Mm -hmm. trust him. And so, yeah, there's just this divine tension there that I'm sure God doesn't feel at all, but yes, we (laughs) We do. do. Yes, we do. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Exactly. <laughs> uh, uh, well, so so one of the things I think that is really beautiful because I love I love to like know 
character traits of God or names of God Mm -hmm. that like help me to understand his character. And I love that this verse tells us that God is the God of hope. And you you said it earlier, Um, but he's the one because he is the God of hope. He fills us with hope. But why, like, why can't we get our hope any, like, is is it possible for us to get our hope any other way? Like, are, or is this just like a, like an add on, like, oh, well, most of the time I have hope, but when I don't, I go to God, you know, right. or is it like, this is right. the one place that we go? Well, I love that question. So hope just in and of itself, hope is always anchored in a future event, right? That's, mm-hmm. we're always, we're always hoping for something in the future. So even we say things like, um, you know, I hope I get to go on vacation, future event, or I hope, um, I hope this biopsy is negative. You know, I hope my kids make the sports team. I hope, I hope the surgery is successful, whatever it is, it's a future event. And that mm-hmm. hope is probably better expressed as desire or want or wish because the outcome is uncertain, right? Yeah. But, but God, he is the only thing. The only thing that is eternal, he exists currently in the past, present and the future simultaneously, right? So, so he is transcendent. He is eternal. And because of that, and he's also, he tells us the rock, the unchanging, the, the, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Uh, He is the one who knows the end from the beginning, Isaiah 46 tells us. And Mm. so his hope, when he says hope, it's not based on an unknown future event. Right. That hope is based on the future where he already resides. Like he's already there. So there's mm-hmm. a surety to it. There's a, um, that hope is anchored, Hebrews tells us, anchored in this sure future event that in God's economy has already happened. So like the book of Hebrews, Hebrews 11 says, you know, now faith is the assurance or the certainty mm-hmm. of things hoped for. So, mm. so faith and hope are, are just really intimately connected. Um, and, and Hebrews six says that, that we have this as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul, a hope mm-hmm. that enters into. So this idea that, that we could have hope in anything else is, is almost when we stop and think about it, almost silly. We can wish for, we can want for, we can desire that that outcome will be what we want, but the hope Mm. has to be anchored in something greater than us. And it has to be anchored in something that resides in the future. And that's only God. And so God is the rock to which our hope is anchored. And, and that steadies us that there's a certainty in that, that nothing else can offer us. Mm. It's almost like we use the word wrong. I know. Like we're constantly saying, well, I hope, I hope this happens or I hope that Mm -hmm. happens. And, and the biblical idea of hope is, is a firm assurance, not a like, Ooh, I don't know if it's going to happen. Gosh, I really hope so. Yeah. And he also tells us that he set this hope before us, like that Mm -hmm. we are supposed to have strong encouragement to hold fast because he's given us this hope. And this hope is actually like it's solid, it's true. Yeah. And and so that's why we can anchor our souls in it because mm. it is immovable. And just to what you were saying, I mean, it's so different than what we want or what we wish. There's no certainty in those things. It's yeah. not wrong to want those things, but there's no certainty in it. Yeah. Um, the certainty is, is God's alone. 
so we've kind of been dancing around it a little bit, but then if God already knows, if this is already a fixed thing that our hope is mm-hmm. secure, what is that secure in? Who or what are we hoping in? That was such a great question because it scripture says it a couple of different ways. And I mm-hmm. think it's really helpful that scripture says it a couple of different ways because at different times it it helps us specifically. So So scripture talks about the fact that we hope in God. I think of Psalm 42 or 43, like hope in God for I shall again praise his name. Mm -hmm. Um, And so in that we're hoping that the sure hope that he has the ability to keep his promises. Um, Scripture also tells us to hope in his word. And so Mm -hmm. Psalm 119, you know, you're my hiding place and my shield. I hope in your word. And so our hope is that it's true. Like it's, it's true and it's going to hold true. Um, we hope in Christ. Ephesians one says that we're the first to hope in Christ, and um, and our hope there is that He has done everything that we needed for salvation. Yeah. But I think all of these things—His hoping in God, hoping in the Word, hoping in Christ, um, hoping that God is able to to keep His promises—ultimately, I think that Christians are hopeful because Jesus conquered death. Um, first Corinthians 15 is so clear on that. He's like, Paul's saying, you know, if there's no resurrection from the dead, I mean, if Jesus did not do this, uh, if he's not been raised, then all of these things are in vain. Like Mm. preaching is in vain. Your faith is in vain. Um, it's futile. Like you're still in your sins. And then he says this, he says in, in first Corinthians 15, 19, if in Christ we have hope in this life only, we are of all people most to be pitied. But Mm. in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. And so it's that surety again of this future event. Like our eternal security has, has been won. It's been accomplished. And all of our hope resides in that. It resides in the fact that, that God's word is true, that all of his promises are yes and yes in Christ and that Christ has done what is necessary for salvation. And so that's what we anchor our hope in. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I think that's why Hebrews can say that, that this anchor, it enters into the inner place behind the curtain um, yeah. where Jesus has gone as a forerunner. Like it's a past event that anchors our hope in a future reality. So it's not just that we have a solid hope that, you know, because God is God and because he's eternal and because he's over all things, like he's got that, he's got that already, Mm -hmm. but it's also anchored in a, in a real past event that we can say that we know for sure happened. So it's not just that we can know for sure based on the character of God and that he says it's so, but also because we've seen it, we've seen Jesus, like you said, go behind the curtain Mm -hmm. and make a way for us, um, I just think that's just so amazing. And and I think that 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 takes us into this next part of our of a verse which talks about this peace that we have, right? Peace and joy. And I just think like how could we not have peace and joy if this is our hope? Like mm-hmm. peace with God but also just this transcendent you know, non-circumstantial kind of peace and joy that is just otherworldly, you know? It is otherworldly, yes. (laughs) I mean, there have been so many times in my life where I'm like, I I should be really like, and there are moments where, yes, I definitely like things just catch you off guard and you fall down to your knees and you're like, what? Mm -hmm. But when you realign yourself with the hope that we have with it, like I know the end of the story, 
So even though this chapter is really hard, I can still have peace because I know how this is going to go at the end. Mm -hmm. And regardless of what happens, you know, even death, like I still have this eternal hope because I have a God who is the God of hope. Anyway, I just think, gosh, this verse is, it's such a practical, like real applicable, like, like you said (laughs) earlier, the more I think about the more just keeps sinking in. Like this is, I need this verse to like really be in my marrows and my bones Mm -hmm. so that it it would just alter me. Um, And so, so we have this joy and peace and it says, so that we might overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So the reason we have peace and joy, one of those reasons at least is to overflow with hope, Mm -hmm. which is like so crazy. So what, what does that look like? I think it means that we let hope have the last word. So there's times when we feel hopeless, right? And we all yeah. do. Yeah. That that we do that again, there's this is where our agency plays a part, that we tell ourselves true things. We remind ourselves of true truth. And so even when it feels like hope itself is wavering or mm. hope itself is decreasing or lessening we remind ourselves that the object of our faith, the object of our hope never wavers, like never changes. And so I think that even when our circumstances feel like they are far from what we would want or wish or desire, you know, what we would hope for, right? Right. We're a little hopeless. (laughs) Yes. We know that this, this hope resides in an unchanging and ever loving God. And that Mm. produces in us, this peace that you were talking about, you know, Paul says in Philippians, it's a peace that passes all understanding. Yeah. And it really does. Um, and so, so it's reminding ourselves of true truth, kind of dragging our souls back to, right. um, and, and submitting our emotions, our feelings, our perspectives, our circumstances, submitting them to the, to the truth of God's word. And I think it's really interesting too, in this verse, you, you see that joy and peace are byproducts of faith, but they Mm. increase together, right? They abound together. So Mm. as we believe God, as we take him at his word, as we trust him, which is faith, God is going to fill us with more peace and more joy. And Mm. then this peace and joy actually help us abound in hope. Like there's this interwovenness to these things, um, to faith and hope and joy and peace that, that they're producing, um, each other, that they are, that they're helping each other increase in us. They have an impact on, on each other. And I think that that's, Mm. I think that's really important to think about that. These are not separate things, but that they, they work together in our hearts and minds to cultivate, um, each other. So, so as one increases, usually the others increase too. Hmm. That's, that is super helpful, Courtney, just in thinking about how, how it works, like how we should experience that, that when we are experiencing, when we are trusting in the Lord, when we're experiencing peace, that it it would increase our joy, right? Because Mm -hmm. if we're really, if we really are at peace with God and our hearts are at peace, like, Man, we're we're freed up to to have this 
experience of joy to feel light in our spirits, mm-hmm. um, which otherwise isn't there for us, right? Um, yeah. When we're when we're not when we're not trusting, when we're not finding hope, when we're not you know seeking the Lord, the, the, they they decrease also right. In, right. together. <laughs> uh, yeah. They're they're intricately woven together. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that verse in Nehemiah where he says, "The joy of the Lord is our strength." And I just, mm. I, I really do. I mean, I think that's true. <laughs> I don't know how, why I was like affirming it, but um, <laughs> haven't you experienced that where yeah. it's like, I feel weak when my joy has been sapped. I feel yeah. like, like my bones are wasting away as David said, yeah. but when God restores joy through increasing my faith or through increasing my hope, like mm. it strengthens me and, mm-hmm. and they start feeding into each other, which then increases my hope and my joy. And anyway, it's just, they just work together. Yeah. And so what, I think one of the crucial things too, that we haven't even touched on yet is, um, the Holy spirit Hmm. gives us Mm -hmm. these things as a gift. Like it's not for us to like sort of dig deep and find our peace or joy or to be peaceful. Like just, okay, I'm going to go be peaceful now. Like, no, it's the Holy, it's the power of the Holy spirit that equips us. Mm -hmm. And, and I just think like, how, how is that good news to you, Courtney? (laughs) I mean, because I can't conjure these things. Just what you said, like, I can't, I can't conjure them up on my own. I can't make myself joyful. I can't, I can't make myself have peace when I feel anxious. I can't. Mm. Um, but what I can do, and again, it's just this, it's this constant tension between it's all the work of God. I mean, even enabling me to ask him, even mm-hmm. enabling me to, to remember to take my thoughts captive, to remember to drag my soul back to, to true truth. And so he enables, he's the one, I, I love the promise. This is going to sound like a rabbit trail, but Hopefully I'll bring it back around. Um, I love the promise of the new covenant in Ezekiel where he says, I'm going to remove your heart of stone and I'm going to give you a heart of flesh. And when I Mm. do, when I, when I give you this heart of flesh, which is this, this newness of life that comes only with the Holy spirit. But when God promised it in Ezekiel, he's like, I'm going to cause you to walk in my ways. I'm going to call, like, I'm going to enable you Mm -hmm. to believe. I'm going to enable you to obey. I'm going to enable you to remember. Like it is none of those things are, are ours in and of our, I mean, apart from the work of the Holy spirit, we don't even believe rightly. We don't even know how to ask rightly, but the Holy spirit enables us to ask these things, to believe these things, to remember these things, to obey these things, to apply mm. these things. And so, so it's all a gift of God, right? And yeah. it's actually him giving us himself is what we talked about just a minute ago, that it's yeah. this, it's part of who he is. He's giving us himself. And so when we spend time with him, talking with him, resting in him, listening to him, being in his word, he is going to do this in us because it's who he is. Yeah. The God of hope. The God of hope. The God of hope. <laughs> and may he give us these things. May he fill us with these things. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I love that it's like like you said, it's it's a benediction, but it's also a prayer. Like mm-hmm. may the God of hope do this, do this for for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and for the people that that you know Paul originally was speaking to, but for us, mm-hmm. even mm-hmm. now, it's for us. Um but I think about like, so 
I'm sure that there are people who are listening to this who are in that place where they're depressed or despondent or feeling hopeless. Uh, and we've been in that place. So what about when we are like, when you're in that spot, like, how do we apply this first? Well, I think we're just, I'm kind of saying it in different ways, but I yeah. would say, you know, when you're in that place where hopelessness seems to fill like your heart and soul and mind, um, mm-hmm. I think first of all, just start asking God to fill you with hope and fill you with joy and fill you with peace. Like that is, that's an important thing to not forget to do. You know, sometimes we we forget to ask. Mm -hmm. Um, And I do think this idea of our agency in it, where we do drag our souls back to the truth of God's word. You know, I, Mm -hmm. I love, go read Psalm 42 and 43. I mean, the psalmist is just saying like, my tears have been my food day and night and all day long. They say to me, like, where is your God? And I say to God, like, why have you forgotten me? Why do I, why don't go on mourning? And then he's like, it's like a deadly wound in my bones. And I think most of us have probably felt that like this, this oppression, this hopelessness Mm -hmm. um, does just feel like this deadly wound in our bones. And then, and then the psalmist says this, he says, why are you cast down? Oh, my soul. And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God for I shall again, praise him, my salvation and my God. And so like the psalmist is just, he's honest about where he is before the Lord. He's crying out to the Lord. So he's asking. And but then he speaks back to himself, like, yeah. why are you cast down? Because I can hope in God. And then he's he speaks a future truth, right? Mm-hmm. For I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. Mm-hmm. Um, and so ask God, drag your soul to the truth of God's word. But <laughs> I would also say it's important to remember that all of the you's in this verse in Romans 15, 13 are all plural. So they're mm-hmm. all, it's like, may he fill y'all with all of these things. May, <laughs> may us, you all believe and trust so that you all may overflow and abound. Like it's a corporate yeah. prayer. And so to remember that, that we don't do this individually or in isolation, we do this corporately. And, yeah. and I think that means you can ask others to pray this verse for you. But also you can look around and you can see other people that are experiencing hope in awful situations. You can see them experiencing peace and joy in hard circumstances. And, and you can, your hope can increase because of that. It's, we're meant to impact each other in the way we live out. And so someone else's faith increasing, someone else's hope increasing should also increase your faith and hope. So just not to forget the corporate aspect of this verse. Yeah. And I think, I think in, in turn, like if we look at the flip side of that, like how different would the, our corporate or our communal experience of our faith community look if the people who are experiencing peace and joy Mm -hmm. and hope would be the very people who are reaching out to the people who are in, you can, I mean, you know, you know, when somebody is struggling most of the time, it's pretty obvious. So how would it change our interactions? How would it change our community? If, if the people who are currently living this and feeling it deeply would be the people who are sharing that hope. Yeah, I think it means that we are 
um, intimately connected to a gospel community, to a local mm-hmm. church where we're not just showing up on Sunday mornings or maybe one day a week to do Bible study, but we are showing up with our whole lives and we're yeah. encouraging others to do the same. And so um, that that gospel community where it's really rich with the gospel, where we're sharing each other's joys and we're sharing each other's burdens and we're sort of living out loud with this redemptive vulnerability. Like we're, Mm. we're sharing just what you said, like, this is what I'm going through. And here's where the Lord is meeting me in it. Here's where he is increasing my hope. Here's where I'm having joy that defies my circumstances. Here's where the peace that passes all understanding is present in my heart and my mind. Like I love that in Philippians. He's like, this peace is going to guard your heart and your mind. Mm -hmm. And I need my heart and my mind guarded. Like I need those things to be protected. And so, so I think it cannot happen apart from a, a truly gospel community where we're living, um, Mm -hmm in front of people well, and we're inviting them to live in front of us well. Yeah. I've been, you know, reading about and praying through and studying this verse and, and the context and all of that. But I was reminded of, um, in first Peter three fifteen, it says, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope you have. And I've always looked at that verse, like I need to be prepared and I need to have reasons for the hope that I have. And so when I think about that, I I have always thought of that as like, well, that's apologetics. I right, need to right. have like really good answers, right? Uh-huh. I need to, they're going to ask me about science questions. They're going to be asking me about, you know what I mean? I'm just like- what, thinking, About the dinosaurs. That's what first right. Peter was talking about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> for sure. Um but as I read this in light of what we've been talking about, like as I think about this verse about being prepared and having a reason for the hope I have, mm. it kind of, not that I shouldn't have, you know, intellectual, rational answers for people, but I think there's something more here and maybe it isn't just mental preparations. What do you think, Courtney? Yeah, I think just... I love that you put those two verses together because I think like you have always thought about first Peter three fifteen as a very, you know, compelling me to have a, a strong apologetic as, you know, a strong mm-hmm. like argument for um, the reality of the gospel. But, but when he, when Peter says, give the reason for the hope, and then we go back and we see what Paul said is the reason for our hope. I mean, the reason for our hope is relationship with God. Like yeah. that God is the one giving it to us. And he does it, everything we've just said, like he does it in the context of relationship. And so, so that's the reason for our hope. We don't have to know, we don't have to have an answer for every question someone has. It's give an answer for the hope you have. Like, why do you have hope? That's, yeah. that's the question, right? Well, right. I have hope because the God of all hope has filled me with hope and mm-hmm. he's given me by the power of the Holy Spirit, the ability to abound in hope. And my hope is anchored and tethered to something so much greater than me. Uh, and so I also think it means our hope needs to be obvious so people are asking us, right? Mm-hmm. Like, if, if they, this idea that they're, to everyone who asks you, well, when is the last time someone asked you? I mean, <laughs> right, right. And so, if no one's ever asked you, like maybe my hope is not obvious enough. Maybe I'm mm. not living out loud enough, uh, yeah. whether it's in my gospel community or just um, with with people I don't even know. But 
I think it really points to the fact that we need to have a visible hope that defies our circumstances, that is, is outside of our situation, outside of our finances, outside of our health, and, and that we are able to just point to the fact that this is a hope that only God, only God can give. Yeah. Um, and he does it in relationship to himself. Amen. Yeah. Amen. That is so good. I just feel like there's so many applications for this verse and, and that idea of mm. overflowing, like that it's not, that hope isn't just for me. It is mm-hmm. for me, but like if I am filled with the hope of God, with from the God of hope, then I would be a person who is overflowing in such a way that it's winsome mm-hmm. and beautiful mm-hmm. and impacting people who are in my, like you said, in my gospel community, but not just those people, but people who are outside who mm-hmm. maybe don't have that kind of hope for them to look at you and be like, there's something weird going on with you, right? <laughs> like, how is uh-huh. it that you're do like, you have this joy about you or this hope about you that is, that is defying your circumstances. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think that that's, that is such a great application for us to think about, like the hope that we have, it's not just affecting ourselves. Mm-hmm. It's affecting all the people around us and all the people that we would love to know Jesus in our lives that maybe don't. And if we're just kind of, you know, ho-hum doing the thing and not really Mm -hmm. experiencing that joy and hope and peace, then how can we expect anybody to really even look at us and be like, I want that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right. They're like, you're just like everybody else. I know. And I think what you just said is so important in understanding because we tend to read these verses and we're like, well, I, this is for me. I want the hope. I Mm. want the peace. I want the joy. Right. Mm -hmm. Amen. We all, we all want that. But that there is like the end of the game for us as followers of Christ is not even our own sanctification or our own blessing. The end of the game is that we are aligned with the mission of God. Like we Mm -hmm. understand what he's doing, that he is seeking and saving the lost and he is building a people for himself and he is redeeming and restoring all things. And so what that means is when we're asking for these things, this hope, this joy, this peace that he abundantly gives, um, that, that it is sometimes in our hard circumstances that, the hard circumstances, the suffering, the trials, they actually serve as a megaphone to the gospel because when we're in these hard things and we have hope and joy and peace, it just blares to the watching world like something's different. And so, yes, there's nothing wrong with wanting hope, joy, and peace for yourself. We want that. But I think we have to realize that it has a missional aspect to it too. Yeah. Um, And and that it puts sometimes our situations, our suffering, into perspective that that God might be doing something amazing right now by giving mm. us hope, joy, and peace in the midst of in the midst of a hard circumstance. Yeah, I mean, what what more? What could make you more mm. hopeful than knowing whatever difficult circumstance you're you're going through that God is using that for mm-hmm. the benefit of other people? Like that, there's a purpose beyond you know, that we're not called to suffer for suffering's sake. Um, but that, but that God is the God who redeems all things, even our suffering and uses it for his glory. And so Mm -hmm. to be able to have hope in those situations, yeah, it's like, you know, you're not a pond, 
you're you're not a reservoir for the blessing exactly. of God to become stagnant and right. and a, and pool up, but you're to overflow like a river, and that that would be a beautiful thing that would that would impact numerous people instead of just pooling up and being stagnant all for yourself. Right. You know, I love that. Well, Courtney, I could talk all day with you. I feel like. There are so many things that you said. I, I'm going to go back and listen and just like write down some of the verses that you were talking about because, gosh, I just really feel like there's so much in a lot of the things that you brought up that I'm like, I never thought of that. I need to think about that. <laughs> so I just really appreciate you uh, coming on and just sharing um, your wisdom and teaching and um, and the hope that you have and how how you've been impacted by the gospel and and just specifically like preparing and thinking about this verse with us. I appreciate your time with us. It's been just really awesome. Thank you so much for asking me and having me. It has been a delight. Yes. Amen. All right. Well, those of you who are listening to this right now, we're going to have some links uh, to everything you want to know about Courtney books that she's written Bible studies, her her Bible study on Romans. So like, if you really want to get into Romans, well, here you go. You've already listened to a really great Bible teacher talk about it, and she's even got a Bible study for you. So we'll have a link in our show notes to all of all things Courtney Doctor, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> more than you ever wanted to know. Yeah, right. Uh, anyway, I just appreciate you. Thanks so much, Courtney. Thanks, Natalie. Yep. Hey, I know you know that we love memorizing Bible verses over here at Dwell. And all month long, we are talking about a Bible verse. But did you know that we have a membership where you actually get a kit in the mail that comes with temporary tattoos, a key tag, and a print that has this month's design on it. And it's always just the most beautiful design. But those temporary tattoos and that key tag and that print, those are visual reminders all throughout the month to help you remember and dwell on this month's verse. So go to dwelldifferently.com and check out our membership.